Welcome hi. back. Hi. Hi, hi. This is Trisha. I'm Evangelist Florian. And, and we're, we're kicking, kicking it with Jesus. Jesus. Can I just say how much I love doing that? <laughs> Do you? Because I'm always like, mm. Yeah. We're kicking it with Jesus. At this round coffee table. Yeah. A little. One day we're going to have coffee. That would be nice. Listen, I don't know. Speaking of coffee, so my son took me to a a little cafe down in North Dartmouth, mm. Massachusetts, called Marisol's, and I got. He goes, Mom, just try this coffee, and I'm like, Common, I really don't like trying people's coffees. Let me get a smoothie or something, right? He goes, Mom, just trust me and try the coffee. So I try the coffee. It's an iced coffee. And it, I guess it's the most popular in this cafe. And it's called Chippy. Mm. Yo. It was good? on and popping. It's <laughs> like, I'm coming down here every, every weekend. Every weekend. That's so funny. It tasted exactly like a coffee milk mm. with A little bit more caffeine. Mm. It was delicious. Coffee. Delicious. Coffee's my favorite thing in the whole entire world. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just enjoy it so much. I used to, but I think the older I get, like, if I have too much, I'm up in the middle of the night, like, wide awake. That's so so I'm like, nah. It doesn't do that to me. I can drink it all day and still really? have no energy or anything. It does not give me that kind of boost I at all. I definitely wish that it would not do that to right. me. Hello? <laughs> but, yeah, I think it, it didn't when I was younger. But the older I get, the more my body just changes and things that, even my taste buds, like right. the things that I used to love, right. I'm like... Ew. Well, that's science, though, too. Every, like, seven or so years, your body does change. Your taste it does change. Everything changes. It Even definitely. your allergies. Isn't that crazy? So wild. Yeah. It's so amazing how God has fixed his people. Right. And how technical, you know, he's made us. It's so unbelievable. So unbelievable. So, today... We are on episode five. Woo-hoo! Wow, five. Hot and popping. Season two, episode five. How do we have so much stuff to talk about? Wow, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but that's a good thing. Yeah, no. It's a good thing. And we are going to talk about your testimony and all that Jesus has done in and through you. And I have seen it firsthand and it's been amazing. Mm. Has it? It really has. I know probably for you it hasn't been, but, you know. Oh, man. I honestly, like, when people talk about their testimonies, I always, for so long, I've always felt bad about it. Because I'm always like, well, I don't have that I was an alcoholic or, you know, I have all these things and I hit rock bottom and then I found Jesus. Like, that's never been my story. Right. And I still, even to this day, still feel like, what is my story? And I just feel like it's still like evolving. But I, I think at the same time, I think that Jesus is teaching me 
what my story always was. Yes. So, last week, <clears throat> side note, last week when we, when we talked, we talked about your testimony and then I was driving home and have you heard that new song by Toby Mac and Zach Williams? Yes. Cornerstone? Yes. Love that song. I only love the part of Zach Williams' part. Yes. And as I was driving home, it just broke me because it, like, when Jesus speaks to me, I swear he, like, puts pictures in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, like, a thing for everybody or, but, like, I see pictures of things that happen or whatever. And when he, when Zach Williams says, like, all the, all the sand around me is, like, sinking, all the ground around me is, like, sinking sand. Yeah. I just saw Jesus and, like, me as a baby on a cornerstone, on a rock, on Jesus mm. through my entire life that everything around me was sinking sand until I got older and I can like step off of that on solid rock, which is him. Yes. That's like wow. when I was driving home, that's all I could see. It was just like, and I think that is my testimony, mm -hmm. you know, because when I was 18 months old, I got caught in a fire. Right. And I didn't die. Right. And I don't have a specific aha moment. I have, now that I'm older, I have moments that I can see that Jesus has always been guiding my life. Absolutely. And I hated Jesus. Yep. I hated him because I am a divorced child. I have an older brother and an older sister mm -hmm. from my mom and my dad. My mom and my dad got divorced when I was, I don't know, four months old or whatever. <clears throat> and I just feel like life was always not fair. I didn't have a dad around. I, I, I didn't have a mom around. I didn't really have my brother and sister around. I always felt alone. Right. And I just, and I, it's funny because my grandmother, my dad's mom, who passed away, she would always talk about Jesus. And I remember hating going near her because she wanted to hold my hand, always wanted to hold my hand. I always remember that. She always wanted to hold my hand and she wanted to tell me about Jesus. And those are the two, I don't like emotion. <laughs> I, and I, I believe that because I didn't get that as a child. I didn't get that hugs and the love that I needed to develop that. So it always made me feel uncomfortable. Like, why does this lady want to hold my hand? Mm -hmm. And why is she always telling me about this Jesus? Because if Jesus was real, why would he put me in a family that is so dysfunctional? Right. Yeah, let me just say, well, <laughs> one of her gifts was God would speak to her all the time and tell her about people and so he probably said hey she doesn't like when people touch her hold her hand hold her hand she's gonna love that yeah <laughs> i just remember like the few times that i've ever driven in her car she'd always want to hold my hand in the yeah. car and i'm like why do you want to hold my hand lady <laughs> don't touch me <laughs> and i laugh about that now but it really makes me feel sad because she died when I was like, I don't know, 13. And I didn't get to have a relationship with her. 
you know? Yeah. So I wish now as the person that I am today in Jesus, I wish that, especially with the holistic side of me, right? You get I wish she was here so I could talk to, but I digress. So life has always been a roller coaster for me. Mm. And I've always felt alone, alone and lonely and sad. Like this deep rooted sadness was inside of me. <laughs> and I filled it. I did fill it. I turned, I was a good kid. What growing up, young kid, I was a good kid. I was a good, you know, I went to school. I never bunked school or anything like that. Like I always did what I was supposed to, did what I was told. I never talked back to my mom. Like I never got in fights with my mom ever like I never that just wasn't me but when I was nine I remember saying to myself when I'm 18 I'm moving out I'm moving far away from all of these people I don't want to be near any of them mm. and I stuck to that <laughs> when I turned 18 I moved out and I mean when I turned 18 I partied like because I never partied before. <laughs> Where did you move to? <clears throat> when I moved out at 18, I moved in with my sister. And then I moved in with you guys, my dad. And then I moved back in with my sister. And then after that, no, I'm sorry. When I was 18, I moved in with a friend of mine. This girl that I was partying with. And then after I was moving, it's wild. No, I didn't. I'm lying. I'm just thinking all of, like, as I did live with her. But when I moved out, wow, taking it way back. When I first moved out when I was 18, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved in with my ex wow. and his dad. Wow. Yeah. My wow. first boyfriend. So I was a really good kid. Like, I didn't, like, go have a thousand boyfriends like I knew this kid in junior high we went to the same school he was a year ahead of me and we dated when I was in seventh grade he was in eighth grade we dated the whole year the entire year we dated and then eighth grade he moved to Attleboro and I stayed in Rhode Island and I just never talked to him again whatever we broke up and then at the end of eighth grade my mom was like I'm gonna send you to Attleboro <laughs> So hmm. I reached out to him on Facebook, or no, it wasn't Facebook back then. It was, I don't know, AIM. Like it was definitely not Facebook. It was probably like MySpace or whatever it was. And I reached out to him and was like, hey, I'm going out of a high. And the, mo the day, the first day of school, I met up with him and we started dating. And I was dating him from freshman year all the way through senior year. We dated, the, we never broke up, we dated the whole year, four years, and then I moved out, and I moved in with him and his father, and we were together, we lived together for like, I don't know, six months, five months, maybe. Really? And I just didn't want to be with him. He was such a good kid, like, he really, he really was a very good kid. Like, him and I had a really good friendship, him and I. But he wasn't for me like it just I, and I was 18 and I was sheltered I wasn't allowed to do anything growing up ever so I was like I'm going out and partying and he didn't want to come out and party if he would have came out and partied I don't know life might have be a lot different now but he didn't want to come right so I went to all the clubs got wicked drunk like 
partied hard. Mm. Like, I remember being, like, passed out drunk in the back of my friend's car. It was bad. Wow. Like, bad. 18 years old in a club, Babylon, that served underage drink, served underage girls. They didn't care. That was the name of the club, Babylon. Babylon. Imagine that. Yeah, right? <laughs> now that we're I know, that. right? <laughs> so, did a lot of things. Did a lot of things that just never brought happiness. Right. But I was always searching for the love that I never got as a kid mm. from my dad or like my mom. Right. And and granted, I don't mean that in a way that my parents didn't love me. I know my parents loved me. Right. But the way I needed to be loved, emotionally, right. that wasn't given. And so, I did not... Let me back up a little. I was saved at 13. Mm-hmm. So, at the door, which we talked in your testimony about, which mm-hmm. is funny because I have the complete opposite. Right. With right. <laughs> but I... It's so funny because... When I was 13 and I would go to church with you guys, nobody knows this, but that was like my favorite thing to do. Wow. I, I, I just wished that I could be a part of that. I remember, right. do you, well, obviously, do you remember, but Tammy. Yep. And I was very close with her. I remember being very close with her and I remember talking with Tammy. And I remember just like the environment, the people, like, that church, or I don't know what it was, but they like to put like sing and put on shows. Mm-hmm. You remember that, yeah, like plays and stuff. I always wanted to be a part of that. It was so weird because, and I never said it out loud, but it's something. It's so weird thinking back now how much I wanted to be a part of right. all of whatever it was that they were going on, and I didn't know what it was. And I remember being 13 years old and being in church. And I remember I was standing right next to you and I said, I feel something inside me, like I'm shaking. Mm. And you were like, that's the Holy Spirit. And I don't even know why. I just went up and got prayed for and asked Jesus to be in my heart. And I know that I was saved that day, but I didn't follow Jesus that day at all. Mm. I didn't know what that was, but I felt him. I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt him inside of my bones right but i hated him in the same sense i hated that my life was the way it was i hated that my poppy was about to die i hated that my grandmother was about to die i just hated it all i hated that my life if you are such a great god not that i ever questioned if you was god if you were such a great god you wouldn't have put me in a family that's so dysfunctional. So at this point in 13, it's God's fault mm. of where you are in life. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah. I didn't, I knew that there was a God. Like I right. knew, cause I could feel it. It's something that I always could feel. I could always feel even to this day, like I can feel the demons, Yeah. but I can feel the angels. Yeah. I can feel the Holy Spirit. It's something I've always been able to feel. So I never questioned like, yeah, I know there's a God, but I'm, I, you obviously don't really like me because <laughs> this is the life that I have to live. 
And again, and it's because I was very lonely and, and sad. Mm. Like the sadness was never going away. Right. And if I look back at my journals that I would write in, I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I just want to hug that kid and tell her it's going to be okay. Mm. Because it's so sad. Right. It's so right. sad. And so my poppy died. And then two weeks later, my poppy is my mom's stepfather, my mom's dad. He like was the best person in the entire world, was my favorite person ever. He loved me so much. And I just, he was like the best person. So he died of cancer. And then two weeks later, my grandmother died, my dad's mom of cancer. And that wrecked me. I couldn't even breathe that it hurt so bad mm. because she died because I didn't know her. Right. I didn't get the chance to know her. And then I tore my ACL like two weeks after that. And the crazy part about that is, is my, my grandmother, my Patricia, who was Poppy's wife, had a dream the night before my competition that Poppy came to her in her dream and said, Trisha's going to get hurt badly. Don't let her chair. Ah. Told my mom, called my mom the next day, the next morning. My mom didn't tell me. My mom's like, it was a dream, mom. It's gonna be fine. She's been doing this her whole life. <laughs> and I got hurt bad. Yeah. The moment the music started, went up into a stun, they dropped me. Jesus. In like instantly. And my whole knee was like a basketball. Wow. And my mom didn't tell me that until like after the competition. She's like, I probably should have listened to my mom. And I believe I believe with my whole heart that was God that told her that. Because mm. I now that I know that God sees the end, he knew that was gonna happen. Exactly. He I just believe that she just saw my poppy because of whatever. But so I tore my ACLs, so my grandfather died, my my grandmother died, then I tear my ACL, and then I get kicked out of school. My junior year was like, not okay. I was so depressed and so angry, and I hated everybody. There was not one person that I liked. I was angry, 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 angry. <clears throat> So I knew that when I turned 18, I was moving out. So I moved out at 18. I ended up going back to school, graduated, moved out, ended up leaving my first boyfriend, moved in with my sister, still continued to drinks, you know, started, got into a relationship with an older guy. He was like five years older than me, or four years older than me or whatever. Broke my heart made he's he's the reason why i moved to florida <laughs> like seriously like went to florida and never came home and uh, but then i came back i'm just giving you snippets here mm. came back and then i met this other guy who i should have never been with but met this other guy ended up moving in with him we got an apartment together probably that's probably around like 19 i met him when i was like 19 and then I, we moved in together. I, I don't know, it was maybe 20 or 21. And I went to a cookie swap at my Auntie Lori's house. And my cousin Dina was there. And she 
was telling me about Jesus. It's all these people always telling me about Jesus. And I was like, I, I don't think, <laughs> I, I have to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interject, no, okay. but I think the reason why all these people have Jesus is because of your grandmother. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and she just, you know, there's something to be said about just talking to Jesus and just start calling out people in your family you know, Jesus, I'm praying for so-and-so for them to be saved. I pray that you would touch them. And, and I think because of not just her, but her twin sister right, it right. is a born again Christian and her husband. So all these people and they're praying for everybody in the family. Right. Guess what? We're sprouting up like little flowers all over right, the place. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you know, Tina started talking to me about Jesus. She's like, "Do you want to come to church?" And I was like, "All right." She, mm. I, I didn't, I didn't have a car. I don't remember why I didn't have a car, but I didn't have a car. I was in the process of getting a new car. I was like, "I don't have a car," and her church was like all the way in Warwick or wherever. She's like, "Oh, I'll pick you, I'll pick you up." Mm. And I was like, "All right." Then it was a snowstorm. Oh, bad snowstorm. Like. She texted me the next morning. She's like, do you still want to come to church? And I was like, yeah, if you want to drive in the snow. Like, this, it was a bad blizzard. The day of the cookie swap. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. It wasn't the day of the cookie swap because it was, we probably had a little bit of snow, but the next morning, it was snowing. Like, it was bad. It was bad out. <laughs> it was really bad out. Satan did not want me to go to church that day. I'm just saying, like, they, it was like I was like, yeah, if you want to come, that's fine. I'll go with you. And she came. She came and picked me up. And I remember sitting in the parking lot, and we were talking. I don't even really remember what we were talking about, but we, I probably just, you know, I'm very open, so I just tell people whatever they want to hear. You want to know? I'll tell you. I don't care. Right. So we were talking, and she's like, "Do you want to rededicate your life to Jesus?" And I was like, "I think so," and I did. In that parking lot with her and then we went to church and I loved it and I still didn't really start walking with Jesus then though <laughs> at like 20 21 maybe I don't remember exactly the date the age and but that's where my walk started if that makes sense mm -hmm. it's been a long time but that's where it started is that car ride and that wasn't when I was 13 it was when I was in my 20s and I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know how to pray. I was still smoking weed. I was still drinking. I was still not doing anything that God's called me to do. Mm -hmm. And the person I was with was very toxic. Just not good. Mentally, emotionally abusive. Like just not good at all. Mm. It was very, very, very bad. I, which in turn, I'm not a pushover. So I am very, I, I wasn't a very nice person either because you're not gonna start calling me names mm. or start punch, punching holes through walls and I'm just gonna sit there. That's just not my personality. I'm gonna be right in your face. So if we're fighting, we're fighting. I'll fight you, I don't care. That's, that's who I was. I, I just was not, oh, okay, I'm gonna cower down. No, it was not. <laughs> Not, no. So I didn't know how to be a follower of Jesus. 
So then I took ecstasy. <laughs> Can I just... <laughs> Hold on. So I don't know how to follow Jesus, so I took ecstasy. Right. Um, <laughs> so that oh, must Lord be the Jesus, right way. That forgive must us. be the right way to do it. Oh, it's just too funny how we as humans, like, just, you know, we're just so in need of a savior. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to tell you that I took ecstasy that night. And my first boyfriend had always said, so I never did drugs like that. Like, I always smoked weed since I was 13. I smoked pot since I was 13 until I was 23 years old. But... And that's all I ever did. I didn't even really drink. I just smoked pot. And then I, you know, with this other kid, I was, I, I mean, not because of him, but I was drinking way more. I was drinking all the time, still smoking weed. But he had told me, my first boyfriend, taking ecstasy is, you feel like a million dollars. I never knew what that, that meant. All those years I was with him and whatever. So I always wanted to know what that meant. So then I got the opportunity and I was like, well, I want to feel like a million dollars. And you do. One time. You do one time. Any other time after that, you do not feel like a million dollars. What you're doing is trying to feel like a million dollars again. But you're never going to feel like a million dollars. Right. I think they call that like chasing the dragon or whatever. So, I took four triple stacks. Don't ask me what it is. I have no idea. I just know that that's bad. Wow. And uh, four. And that could be laced with anything. Mm. Crystal meth, right, cocaine. Right, right. Like it's just laced with uh, an abundance. So took four of those and went to sleep. I was like, all right, well, let's go to bed, I guess. And the kid that I was with went to sleep and I just sat there and saw demons come out of the window, out of the, the corners. It's so of wild. The room? Mm. It's so wild because I can see them in my mind, what they look like. Like a sharp ball, probably like this big, and the ball just look like knives sticking out mm. all around, just knives. Mm. And when it came, when they came one at a time, they came and they came in the ball like this, came like this close to my face and then the ball opened up and inside was a creature that's all I could say it's like a creature and every single one of them when it opened up mm. it went like this every single one of them they were scared shocked hands went back mouth was open didn't want to come near me mm. and they all lined up on the person that was laying next to me, my ex, my ex number two, <laughs> lined up on him. Now, I always thought it was odd that he fell asleep on ecstasy because that's an upper. It's not a downer. Right. You're, you're usually up <laughs> and he was passed out. And I do, now that I know what I know now, I know God did that intentionally. He allowed me to see that realm yeah. that some people see, some people don't. But he allowed me to see it and see it by myself. And I was so like, wow, why are they so afraid of me? And I remember the next day, 
I came here and I told you all about it and you were like, that was demons. I was like, that was what I thought. <laughs> There's just confirmation yeah. here, great good times. Like, <laughs> and I remember coming home, going home that day, and going on my knees and praying and asking for forgiveness for it. But then I did it again. Right. So, I just want to touch on that really quick because you know it's not that I I listen to a whole lot of people and believe all these people that say you know they went to heaven or they went to hell or whatever whatever. Because right. I really I don't. But there was a man. His, his book was called 23 minutes in hell mm. and i highly recommend either watching him on youtube or reading his book but anyway he said as he was you know in the cavern of of hell he goes through specific things but as he was leaving jesus was taking him up out of hell he said, as he started to look down, as Jesus was bringing him up out of the cavern of hell, he could see, and it's biblical, he could see demons chained Oof. to the cavern mm. of all different sizes and all different shapes. Some were nine feet tall and some were balls. Interesting. Isn't that funny? That's odd, yeah. So, you know. Wow. And... I'm going to have to read that book. I'm pretty sure I have your book at home. Right. Phenomenal, phenomenal story to, to hear, you know, his, his perception and, you know, when he went <clears throat> and, you know, all he endured, I really highly recommend it. But, you know, you said that and it was like, oh yeah, triggered. Wow. You know, I never knew that. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that book now. So you had told me about that book a long time ago and mm -hmm. I, you were like, hey, let's read it. And then I just never read it, but I do have that book. It's sitting, I know exactly where it is. In the back of the book is a, a, a DVD for you to watch. I mean, you don't have to because it's right on YouTube and you know, you can see it. His name is Bill Weiss, but phenomenal. It really, the story is phenomenal. I didn't know that about the circle things. That's really yeah. interesting because... I know that I saw D. I mm -hmm. I was hallucinating. Right. The big panda and gorilla that was coming out of the front of the wall, that was a hallucination. Like, I know that right. was a hallucination. This big, giant... But on the corners of the wall, which is just kind of weird that it was the corners, like how the Bible says, the corners of the earth. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. So that happened. I ended up asking Jesus for forgiveness for that that time, but then I did it again. <laughs> then I asked Jesus for forgiveness again. But even then, I was like, what, 20 or 21 maybe at that point, and I still wasn't, I still didn't understand how to get over the fence, if that makes sense. It does. You know, like I had one foot with Jesus, and the other foot was in the world. And I didn't know how for like years and years and years, probably like 10, to get over the fence. How to get both the legs right. and go that way with Jesus. And I, I think, Trisha, you know, for, for our listeners, I, you know, I just want to say this. I think it takes Jesus to help us serve Jesus. Yeah, that's good. If that <clears throat> makes sense. Yeah. You know, we don't get over anything. Right. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, 
we couldn't. Right. I find myself so often because, you know, discipline. I need to keep praying and I need to keep fasting and I need to keep in my Bible and I... Can you just do it for me? Because right. I, I just left to myself. I just can't do it, right, Lord. Right. So I'm looking up going, can you do it, please? Right. So, no, I get it. Like, it really takes Jesus for both feet to go over the fence and go, I give it to you. Right, I'm right. Done. And uh, so I was with that kid for like five years. So the So maybe four years. We ended up moving out of that apartment. I ended up moving in with my sister. And I don't know when I started working for the daycare, but I don't, it was like after that, it, I was still with, I don't remember how long, but I was living with my sister, trying to save money so me and that kid could get back into an apartment and blah, blah, blah. Stupid. And- Part of your testimony. Ugh, just crazy. And then I started working at the daycare and I moved in with you guys and I never felt Jesus more until that season of my life and I was going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and I was just reading the Bible and understanding it at that point like okay now I'm like it's been a couple of years I've been walking waddling I feel mm -hmm. <laughs> with Jesus right and I remember upstairs I was I was in bed and Every day for a week, God woke me up. So I, I had, so it was around when I was 23. Yeah, so I would have to be 23 because I had quit smoking weed and I was living with my sister. And I remember saying, I don't, I, I, I want to go move in over here. You were helping me pay off my debt and all this stuff, whatever. So, and I wasn't smoking weed anymore and I was trying not to be around anybody that did smoke weed. And I was 23 because I quit smoking when I was 23 in March. So I moved in here in the summertime. And I remember Jesus waking me up. Every, and he's, this has never happened to me before. Even to this day, like, I don't, this doesn't happen to me. He kept waking me up every single day for one week at 4 o'clock in the morning. I remember waking up, looking at the time, and it was 4 o'clock. And when I looked at the time, I heard Jeremiah 4. Mm. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I would go back to sleep. And at that time, I was driving the bus to pick up the kids with my sister-in-law. And I was saying to Brittany, I was like, this thing keeps happening to me every, every day at the same time. I'm waking up at 4 in the morning here in Jeremiah 4. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know why my mind is saying Jeremiah 4. And she just looked at me. She's like, did you look in the Bible? And I was like, I didn't even know there was a Jeremiah in the Bible. <laughs> like, that was what I said. I didn't even know there was a Jeremiah in the Bible. She's like, all right, hold on. She picked up her book, her Bible. She always had it with her. She had a message Bible. She opened it and started reading Jeremiah 4. And literally, the beginning of it in the message Bible says, if you want to come back to me, O Israel, you need to get rid of your stinking paraphernalia. Hey! Look at Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> so then I was like, all right, so that's weird. So she read the whole thing, but that's what stuck out to me. Mm. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't smoke pot. I'm going to church. I'm like, what is it that, what is it that God wants me to get rid of? I don't understand. Like, what is that? Like, I don't get it. Mm. So then I was like, the only thing that I could think of that I was doing is sex. And I was like, all right. So I was like, okay. 
So I stopped and I told, I told that was, I was still with my ex. And I was like, not doing that anymore. Tell I'm married. Jesus said not to. So I was like, all right, not doing it. And then stuff happened here. I ended up moving back in with my sister. And I remember one night, it was in the summertime. No, it was February. Cause that's when we broke up, February 2020, 2012. I was watching videos of Jefferson Bethke. He does like poems and he was doing one on, he did one on like sexual immorality and all this stuff and another one, I forget which one it was, but I watched both of them. It had me in tears. Like I was like up till like midnight or however long, I might've been at 11 PM. I remember talking to my brother on, and at that point my brother was like saved. I mean, he's always been saved, but he was like walking with Jesus at that point. And we were talking online and I remember going to bed that night crying. Now, my childhood wasn't great. I didn't get the emotional needs met that I needed. And I did not cry as a kid. I shoved everything down. I bit my tongue until, the, until I had to bleed before I would cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to show that emotion. And I always did that my entire life. So for me to cry that night, I've never cried like this in my life. And I remember laying on the floor of my niece's bedroom, because that's where I was sleeping, on a mattress. And I remember saying out loud, well, whispering, because I didn't want to wake up my niece. She was like five. <laughs> Jesus, crying. If you do not want him in my life, you're going to have to take him out. Mm. Because I'm never going to leave. I'm never going to walk away because I don't know how and I don't feel worthy enough to have any other kind of relationship than this. So if you have something else for me, you literally have to do it. Mm. That was probably like midnight, seven o'clock, six, seven o'clock in the morning. My ex calls me and I was like, oh, I just found this new guy on YouTube. Go check him out. Go watch these two videos. They were like total 13 minutes long. He's like, all right, hangs up the phone, calls me back literally 13 minutes later and says, I never want to talk to you again. Lose my number, don't call me ever again. Hangs up the phone and that was it. Deleted wow. me on Facebook, deleted me on Facebook, blocked me, everything. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, are you sure? <laughs> so got you feeling your hot God did that. Oh, 100%. 100%. There's not a doubt in my mind that thinks that that was something other than what God was. Right. Not 12 hours later. Did I cry my eyes out? Right. And then he breaks up with me. Like, just like, don't call me again. I'm done with you. Hangs up the phone. One week after, exactly, it was a Friday. That following Friday, it was actually that following Thursday that my car broke down that my my uncle Vinny was like, oh, bring it to this place. Drop it off at this, this house Thursday night. And me and my friend will fix it for you. I was like, all right, so Friday. So exactly one week after that happened, that Friday, I went to go pick up my car that was fixed to get the starter fixed. And that was my husband. That fixed your car. Yeah. 
<laughs> Look at Jesus. And I never stopped hanging out with him. So that Friday, I think it was like February 17th of 2012. I think that was a Friday. I've hung out with him ever since. Imagine that. We've just been hanging out. <laughs> so at what point? So you how old now? 35. Say it again. 35! <laughs> <laughs> so at what point? Because I believe that Jesus poured into you at 13. Absolutely. He was he was setting a fire. Yeah. But sometimes the fire goes dim. Right. And we all go through that. We all go through that. And so if there's people listening, mm. you're not you're not alone. Right. We all go through it. Right. So <laughs> from thirteen to what at what point in your life did you say, God, this is all or nothing? Honestly? Mm. Because I can remember, you know, obviously because I'm stepmom, so there's been right. moments that I can remember in your life where you would be on fire and, and you know, you'd be going to church and believe in God for promises, you know. So walk me through from 13 to when did this fire turn into a flame? Three years ago. So three years. It's three only years been, ago. how old's my daughter? That's when the fire ignited. Amen. Fully, where I was like, no, like I am not. It happened when, when I, three years ago, 2020, but a friend of mine committed suicide. Mm. And that was a month before my baby shower. The day after my baby shower and a month before my daughter was born. And this friend is one of my dearest best friends, best friend. So it just hit home. Like she lived in California and every time I went out to see my other friend in California, I'd always make sure I went and seen her. And 2019 was the last time I went and seen her there. And I just know that I know that I know in my heart that she was broken at that point. And obviously I know that there was nothing that I could have done to fix her. But I know as a Christian and as a follower of Jesus, I could have said something about Jesus to her. Would yes. that have changed? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know because then we got into 2020 and look at what 2020 brought. Right. So, in, you know, the enemy is sly. So... Would it have changed anything? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not blaming myself, but I could have said something to yes. her to maybe give her a little bit of hope because I was lonely and depressed my entire life. And, but I didn't know then what I know now. Right. And, and because of her, I've been saying that I am not going to, I'm not backing down anymore. I'm, when I see something or when I feel like I need to talk about Jesus, I am going to talk about Jesus. Absolutely. I am going to invite that person to church. I'm going to say, hey, Jesus helped me with that. Do you want to know how? Or posting it on Facebook. And like, she was a big reason why my flame got started, but then I had my daughter. And she was the reason that I needed to be a follower, a relationship, 
holder with Jesus. Mm. And it just, I wanted to. I wanted to have that relationship with Jesus because I wanted to to shine that light. I wanted to be that light. I wanted to be that love that I never had. Yes. And I wanted to be that love. So I figured out how to put both legs over. And it was not easy and it's still not easy. And there was moments that I was on fire for God, but there were just moments. Mm. It wasn't a life changing. It wasn't life changing. Right. And this is my way of life now. And it's different. It's not just a moment. It's a life changing right. event. Do you always, now that both feet are over and it's a life change, do you always feel Jesus? No. 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 I don't. Not not always, no. And I often, often, way more than I even like, like, Jesus asked me to do something. So I did. Like, he asked me and I was like, okay, so like, literally within hours I did it. And then a week went by and it's like, this person reached back out to me and whatever. And it's it makes me feel bad. Because it's like, oh wow, okay, you really are real. Like you're still proving to me inside my heart that you're real. Mm. And I've been on fire for you, so I know that you're real, but why do I keep feeling like you need to prove to me that you're real? You know what I mean? Right. So like, yeah, I still feel that there's times where I don't feel you, so is this really an actual, are you real? This, this Jesus thing, this spirit thing, is yes. this real? I still question it all the time. I think... I think there's a lot of people, especially like if you're a thinker, if that's what you do, like you're always mm -hmm. yeah. thinking and your brain just doesn't shut off. I think a lot of people question and they wonder, hmm, are you real? Right. Like, because we don't see it. And I think, I personally think, you know, our savior's up there and he's going, let me just show her. Right. Boop. Right. And you're like, whoa, you are. Okay. <laughs> wow, you did no, hear me. Yeah. Now, and Jesus does that to me all the time. I'm telling you. So at the beginning of the year, we did, we do, I do a fast with my church every year. Well, past three years. <laughs> and which is another reason why I say I'm on fire for God, which was spent three years ago. But I did a fast and the last, the week before we ended, the Sunday before, I was crying on the way to church and I was yelling at God. I was mm. mad at him. Like, I know that you can do this. I know you can instantly switch somebody. So why? It's been 10 years. Like, why? Like, I was mad. I was angry. Mm. And I was like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know, understand why I continuously have to suffer. I just want one thing. Like the love and have this person like i just want one thing and it's not fair and i don't understand why you're not i don't understand why you're not giving it to me come on like straight up like i was mad i was right. angry and i yep. was crying because apparently i cry now <laughs> not often well it's not often <laughs> he takes a heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh not so. often but i was crying and crying and crying and then i went to church and Jesus spoke to me in church and said, it's time to forgive. Mm. Now it's time to forgive. And it had to do with something, somebody totally different. And I had to go find that person 
Because it couldn't have been easy. Couldn't just go to their house. Of course not. And then they were at home, and then I have to call them, and then they're like, oh, why, what's up? And I, then I have to say, well, I want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Like, it could be easy. I wanted to just be like, never mind. But God said no. I kept hearing him say no. Because he said, while it's at church, it's time to forgive. It's time to let go. It's time to go. And so I did. And I'm telling you, I did. I obeyed what he said. And I did it. I, I, and the, the forgiveness, like, really released things inside of me. Hallelujah. And that following Sunday, Josh came, my husband came to church. <laughs> so maybe everything was tied. Right. Not that he's come back to church, but it's just like, and I didn't ask him to come to church. He just came. He just was like, oh, I was going to come. So I was like, okay. Okay, God. Sorry for yelling at you. Because <laughs> I swear in my heart, it was just so God knew. It was just so that I knew God heard me. Right. That was why he he made Josh go to church that day. Right. Mm. He was saying, I hear you. I'm here listening. It's just on my time. But I will give you this little piece. And I will show you that things are happening. You just have to be patient. Your time is not my time. What's that word again? I don't know. Patience? <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what that word is. It's foreign to me. <laughs> I think it's foreign to a lot of people because we live in a society where everything is just so fast and quick right we want it and we want it now right that's why there's drive-thrus <laughs> i know seriously so i i just god does that to me often like he speaks so loudly to me mm. and, um, and then i question i question him all the time which i don't think he feel minds bad. that no i don't think he minds that either and i i just like that's my biggest thing like i think that i would tell anybody just keep questioning him mm. Keep asking. I think he loves that. Honestly. He likes to prove us wrong. He really does. He, he really, really does. Because he's like, no, I'm here and I hear you. And that, and then you think about it. Like sometimes, sometimes I think something in my head. Now, I mm. don't say it out loud. And my answer comes. That's what he does a lot with me. I say something inside of myself. And then it manifests in the flesh. And I'm like, that's not fair. Right. I'm like, I, I, I didn't even say it. I it wasn't even a prayer. <laughs> but, you know, our Savior is, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal God. For one second, if you wouldn't mind, going back to your friend that took her life. If you had the opportunity to say anything at this point to somebody that may just be contemplating their life is just so bad right now and they they're in such a deep dark place because you know the enemy does that the arrows come mm. and he bombards he doesn't, he doesn't relent. He just continues. So there may be somebody in that dark, deep place. And there's no hope for them. They don't feel it. They don't see it. 
and being the person on the other side that could have, mm. what would you say to the person that's in that place? I feel like it's so hard to know what you would say, but Jesus walks on water. And when you feel like you're drowning, there's somebody that literally can stand on the water mm. and hold you and pull you up. All you have to do is reach up your hand. That's it. Amen. And sometimes people will understand that and some people won't. And some people will say, that's not going to get me out of it right now. You're right. It might not get you out of it right now but if you reach up your hand he's going to take hold of it right he's not going to grab a pinky he's not going to grab just a little bit of your hand he's going to grab your whole arm come on and he's going to hold on to it and he's going to slowly pull you out of that darkness because underneath water is what darkness and it feels like it's suffocating and you can't breathe and he's gonna slowly bring that air back into you. You just have to reach your hand up. Amen. And that's not easy. It's not. And your feelings are valid. And what you feel is valid. Yes. Amen. Amen. But your life is worth it. Even if it doesn't feel like it right now absolute truth right there absolute truth well it was a beautiful beautiful conversation mm -hmm. I love talking about Jesus and I love caring about how people were mm. and how Jesus just rocked your life it's a beautiful testimony thank you so thank much you. and so wrapping up I would like to Pray for the women on the other side of the screen. I feel like, you know, there may be women that, you know, like I said, they they feel like the darkness is just so great. Right. I also feel as if there are women that, for them, they can't get both feet over the fence. Right. Right. Uh, or there may be, and I, I hear this, there's a woman that she wants out of a relationship and she just doesn't know how and she doesn't know what to do. So why don't you tell her what you did. Tell her one more time what you did and how you did it. I prayed. I talked to Jesus. And I didn't, I wasn't even that saved, if you want to say it like that. I wasn't that Christian or I wasn't that saved or that Jesus follower. I just knew that there was a Jesus. I knew that he was working something in me. I felt him. And I cried and let him know that I don't feel worthy to leave this situation. I don't feel like I even deserve mm. to leave this situation. So 
you need to help me. And for me in that situation, he did help me. And there's going to be many people out there that maybe it doesn't happen like that. Maybe God doesn't instantly mm. have you walk away. But what I can say, because this is something that I'm still trying to figure out, is that you and I are worthy. No matter what the enemy says, you are worthy of goodness. And if goodness is not coming from the people around you, Come on. seek help. Anybody, anybody, me, anybody, a friend, uh, anybody, or seek it within yourself to know that you are so worthy of so much better and find it within yourself to take one step forward out the door. Amen. Because, and I, and I can understand because I don't know if I would have walked away when I did. I didn't walk away. I didn't. God literally took him out of my life. Mm. But I don't know if I would have because it is hard. And that is valid to not, you know, maybe you're with somebody for many years and you are, you don't have your own money or you don't have, you don't know how to, you don't know how to be on your own. Trust Jesus has you. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I'd like to close in prayer just real quick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Precious Holy Spirit, how we love you and thank you for everything that you do and all that you are to your people. Father, as me and Trisha come together with one heart and one mind, Father, we pray for every woman on the other side of this screen. Yes. I pray, Holy Spirit, for those that are in a deep, dark place. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would become conqueror and king for them. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, for those, Father, that do not seem to feel worthy, mm -hmm. nor do they have strength to do the things that they can only dream of. Father, I pray that you would make a way in the desert of their lives. I pray, Jesus, that you would raise them up and give them courage and strength. Father, for those that don't feel worthy at all, that the world and the things of the world and the people of the world have taken their identity, taken their worth, taken their beauty, and now they're left with ashes. Their lives are just full of ash and dust. Father, your word says that if you would just give me the ashes of your life, I will give you my beauty. So Lord Jesus, we ask for every woman on the other side of this screen that that's how they feel, worthless, and that their lives mean nothing to anyone. Jesus, I pray that you would step in and give them the beauty of your holiness. Give them the beauty of your greatness. And I pray that they would, with words, give the ashes of their lives to you as a beautiful offering. Father, we love you and we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Well, that was a great episode. Until next time, we're just kicking it with Jesus. Jesus.